0: Foi em mim o aroma de Jesus. now okay would you, would you let me repeat uh, what you missed? In our office we have uh, Cindy, Cindy Walker and of course Jonathan Dunn and Emily Dickerson, Anne Marie and Chloe, uh, two college students who help us. And so all of us send greetings to you. Well our ministry now is tuning in to Google Analytics and we have an idea of how many cities, how many states, in, uh, and of course, over 50 cities in many overseas countries are tuning in to RBM this morning. Welcome, my friends. Uh, let me read to you uh, chapter 2 of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, least at any time, we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, the law, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just recompense of reward. So, how shall we escape if we neglect a great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them who heard it? God also bearing them witnesses, both with signs and wonders, and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His own will. How can we escape? For unto the angels has He not put, in, put into he, he not put into subjection the world to come. Let me read this again. For unto the angels has He not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in certain place testifies, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You did set him over the works of your hands. You put them all and all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. He, God, left nothing uh, that is not put under Him. But now we see not yet all things uh, put under Him. But you see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He may be grace to God, should taste death for every man. For for it become Him, when all, whom all, all things, in whom all things, in bringing many sons into glory, made the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Let me stop here. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for this Word that speaks to us. We ask You now, Lord, to take it apart and help us to understand clearly what what Paul is saying to the Hebrews in Jesus' name. Uh, we're doing, doing the book of Hebrews, and, uh, and so the question is here is this. Since... Uh, Since the Son of God is so supremely uh, elevated, guaranteeing final triumph over His enemies in the scriptures that we just read, don't you think we should take a look at this more clearly, more more detailed, and put ourselves in a position where we can ourselves hold on? uh, And so... uh, the danger here is that as we looked at what Jesus has done above the angels, that uh, what is a man that you are mindful of him, and uh, the work of the cross confirmed by the signs and wonders, the miracles, uh, that if we don't pay attention, we might drift away. A word that occurs only in the New Testament right here. So the writer's audience here is is being dealt with saying, don't be immature, don't be weak, Re- respond to this because he has texture, has clarity, has vision, that his work at the cross confirmed by angels, confirmed by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, confirmed by the presence of God in those who witness this in their lives, the apostles, that we in America today, don't don't go blind, weak, and lose hope uh, Let me read to you the 5th chapter of Hebrews, the 11th verse and 12th verse. It says this, We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. You see, the problem with the liberal is that he begins to live life on his own thoughts. It's not a question of being liberal or conservative, but when you are conservative and liberal, diminishing your, high, your desire for the Bible, desire to teach, desire for the cross, desire to hear, desire to study, it's a dangerous thing. You drift away. In this ministry, standing every single day from nine to twelve, with men and women of God, who's sort of a kick the thought of drifting away to kingdom come, we, we don't want to drift away. We don't want weakness. We don't want just a, 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 a life that is not committed. And, and so we, do, we study the Word. And that is why hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are tuning in to us. It's not the quality of the speaker. It's not his skills. It is the Word. And if the Word is shared with you, then you will not drift away. You'll understand the cross. Because, see, if you are a sinner and you are condemned, you, you just don't understand the cross. You don't, in other words, without the cross, you continue to be a sinner. But with the cross, you're redeemed, amen, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, we did about 15, 30 minutes on, on the book of Leviticus to understand the cross. By the way, I want to say this to you. If you don't, never read the book of, he, of Leviticus, your understanding of the cross is very shallow. And so there's no power. So let me, let, me read, let me read 5.11, which is Hebrews 5.11 and 12. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of the God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives in milk, on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. And then it says, but solid food is for the mature. Now, I'm not putting down any people who teach and do Bible study and to work it out. But when a pastor deals with social principles consistently in his ministry without in, uh, uh, introducing the work of the cross, you have Christians who stay with you for 5, 10, 20, 15 years uh, and they have no understanding of the cross. Without the cross, we're not able to live the Christian life. We're condemned Christians. Good. Okay, so so this is what uh, this is what uh, uh, we're reading. And so chapter two chapter two, Proverbs 3:21 it says, May my son, do not sleep away, but keep my counsel in intent. My son, do not sleep away, but keep my counsel in intent. Listen, if you are in a Muslim country and you can't profess your faith because they might kill you and you have to have Bible study with yourself under a blanket you will receive from the Word much more anointing, much more strength because of the condition of your state causes you to draw from the Word as opposed to a liberal, open country like America to where you go to church on Sunday and you simply do fellowship more than you do fellowship with God. And you do more fellowship on Wednesday night and eat than you do with the Lord. You grow a a Christian that is slipping away year after year. Amen. So let's take a look at, the, at verse, verse 2 to 4. How shall we escape if we neglect a great salvation? Uh, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receive a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect a great salvation? Meaning, because of our sins, because of what we have done, if we don't understand the cross, we live a condemned life. If you are living a condemned life, only a miracle, because when you stay away from the cross the demons of hell come in and they begin to accuse you, torment you, and you live a tormented life. So if the angels did their job, how are you going to handle this whole situation? Hebrews 12:25 has an answer. It says Hebrews 12:25 is an interesting verse. See to it. That you do not refuse him who speaks. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. And so <coughs> Bible study, being in the Word every morning, causes you to not refuse the speaker, because through the speaker, even though he's good or bad or halfway or half there, the Holy Spirit will honor it. The word will never return void. Listen to me. The Word of God will never return void. And as you, as you begin to hear me speaking, you know, in your mind, in your conscious, your subconscious, if it's done in the purpose of the gospel, the desire to serve, in <coughs> the desire to say something and to bless your life, you're not ignoring a great salvation. You're working at it. You're dangling at it. You know, uh, I had a voice teacher from Florida State. University in Tallahassee Florida she was uh, a lady from from uh, the Netherlands and, uh, and and something I don't remember her but she was a big woman and I uh, began getting classes on voice and when you come to that high C or the B or the or the G high on the on the on the piano I would I couldn't do it I was squeezing it I wouldn't come out. So one day she said to me, "Now, ah, Ricardo, dangle your feet on the brook. Dangle your feet on the brook." I said, "What do you say, ma'am? What do you say? Dangle your feet in the brook." And I saw myself sitting down with my foot on the on the on the water that passed by on the on the river on the brook, and uh, and, and and I began to sing. Before too long, the note just came out clear. Dangle your feet in the Word, and things begin to change. So you're not getting Now, the readers here, he's referring to, lost their sight of the ultimate victory deliverance that Jesus promised. And so, they would begin to be lost, because if Jesus won the victory at the cross of Calvary, He guarantees you to do and to have the victory also. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care what k- kind of illness you're in. I don't care what problem you have. It's, In other words, you've got to put the eyes on the victory. These are difficult days for me. Difficulty in all kinds of ways. And so, I went out there this last month and I did something I never would do for myself. I never spent clothing and food is all I, I do. But I bought me an electric bike. And uh, I went around the... The parking lot yesterday, and almost reached 30 miles an hour. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, in other words, I'm working with my mentality, working with my purpose, working, because if Jesus won the victory on Calvary, i got to have the same thing. And for that, I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. I, I need to do that because my sins can separate me from God. But if I let them, I will not allow my sin to separate me from God. So, this is what Paul is saying. Salvation, of, of course, is the same as that just mentioned in one fourteen. So let me read the verse fourteen, and you understand this salvation. What, what Paul is saying about this salvation? It says this. And again, I will put my trust in Him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me, I will put. That's a uh, Second Samuel uh, twenty two three. And again and again, I will put my salvation, I will put my trust in Him. Again and again. What do you mean by that? You, you commit a sin, you put your trust in Jesus. You put your trust in Jesus. You commit a sin, you put your trust in Jesus. You put your trust in Jesus. It's a constant battle. And so when you do that, by the desire you have, by the heart you have to God, uh, He forgives you. It gives you strength. Grace is extended to you. You know, you know the old scripture Romans five verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, if we have been justified by faith, meaning you have to. Let's let's go to that Romans scripture because I didn't I didn't remember the whole thing. But here, here it is. Out verse five. Amen. Here's here's the. Here is five. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the glory of God. Meaning that, that accepting the justification of the cross, you're going to have peace. And it's a battle. It's a battle. You continue to say the same thing. Again, according to uh, 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 the scripture uh, uh, Hebrews one fourteen again and again and again verse 14 says verse 13 and again and again I'll put my trust in him and verse 14 says for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil so if Jesus has the power over the devil and you live your liberal life, you're going to slip away. You have to emanate and copy that if Jesus overcame Satan at the cross, you write with Him. I, I, I'm trying to get that thought in your head. Okay? I'm get, trying to get thought in your head. In a, 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 let's take a look. here. I, I think I passed it over here in my notes, but... Uh, let, let me read this over here, just a minute. Here, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, it says, but solid food is for the mature. Remember what I said, it's, a, it's five 5.11 of Hebrews. Let me read the last verse 13. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature triumphant dominion in which he has companions. Now, who is is he referring about companions here? Uh, Look look to 1 verse 9. But if we see Jesus, whom he has made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by grace of God should taste death for every man. Verse 1, 1, 9. Referring to every man, companions. Who are your companions? Look at uh, look at this. You have loved righteousness and hated weakness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with all of joy. What is what is what is setting above your companions? It's because peop- there are people around you who just eat milk. And so they begin to, their faith is weak, they can't prophesy, they can't go to a mission trip, they can't be blessed, they live a life that is simply slipping away very little. If your pastor is a liberal who does social principles as the gospel and does not introduce the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ that redeems the sinner, you got a problem. You live a life that is is on milk. When it comes to shove, you can't do nothing. When it comes to push, you can't do nothing. When it comes to prophesy and testify and face the devil and take authority, you don't do nothing. For for over 50 years I've taken groups overseas. It's a wonderful thing to see a liberal man meeting a demon. And he says, Oh God, I had no reason to be here, Lord. And the demon is just coming over and wiping him off. And I say to that liberal man, Say in the name of Jesus through his blood, say it. And as he does, the woman falls down. And I look at the face of the liberal and he says, Oh God, oh God. You see, you see, slipping away is a horrible thing because when it comes time to pay, you don't have it. It's not being conservative, fundamental, and liberal. You know, my district superintendent here in Athens one day said, Mr. Bonfim, you, you are a charismatic and I told him, I drive a Ford, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. Meaning, meaning that being a charismatic in the old days was a sinful thing to be. Well, that guy's dead. I'm still living. Slip away simply means you deny the cross. Yeah, yeah, I'll encourage you. i encourage you to get your Bible and open up in the Expositors Study Bible. Jim Swagger, oh, Jim Swagger was a sinner. He understood the cross. He's not a sinner anymore. He's a washed by the blood of Jesus, man of God, who is touching the whole world today. Find where you want it. Go where you can get it. Don't sit in town expecting the pastor to soothe and wooze and, and, and give you a little, little joy and a little. <laughs> get somebody who kicked the devil out of your life! Okay. Alright. Now, the Lord Jesus Himself. While on earth, he spoke much of his future kingdom in participation of his faithful followers in that reign. He spoke about that, that you and I can partake of that kingdom. Look at Luke 12, 31. It says this, But rather, seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good and pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to bless you. He wants to do something for your life. He wants to wake you up from death. But you're concerned about what the people think. You know, there's a woman in our ministry called Elizabeth Wolfe. And I had a flat tire years ago, 1971. So, 1971, 30, 40, 50, what year we're right now? 2000. Fifty-one years ago, I had a flat tire inside of her, close to her housing. And the husband came out to fix my tire. And I stayed there four or five years Bible studying, just feeding my spirit. And one day, (laughs) she looked at me and said, Ricardo, I hate to tell you this, but you're a pleaser of men. You like to please people in in order for them to like you. You know, that just got on me. I got really upset about this, you know. So, <laughs> the next person I meet it was a preacher. I can't tell his name, he's deceased. And I was having healing with him. And I saw the door open. And there's a commode right there. So I took him inside of the bathroom and closed the door, opened the lid of the commode, and told him, Spit in there as I preach. And I began flushing the water, and he began to spit. And and the Lord delivered that man completely. Now, that day, I stopped pleasing people. (laughs) And I hope that that type of of position, posture, will never leave me. Because when you please people, you can't please God. You've got to say yes, yes, and no, no. You can't just be half away trying to establish your mode of ministry most people who do that can be good teachers powerful teachers but there's no fruit why because you're pleasing people and the Holy Spirit will not bless you okay let, let, let's get let's get to uh, let's get to the end of this bible study uh, luke 12, 30, 21. But this salvation experience which was first announced by, but also received confirmation to the various miracles and manifestations of the Holy Spirit which is His original orators. Those who heard Him were in power to exhibit. What this commentary is saying that what difference between the disciples before Pentecost and the difference of the disciples after Pentecost is that the gifts and the blessings of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and the signs and wonders and the miracles begin to exist. So, I, I, I begin to anoint a bunch of people. I carry all in my pocket and every time I meet somebody I anoint them they begin to pray. I begin to rough feathers of women in their hair. You know, they come I just rough their hair. I begin to anoint with all. I begin to put the whole bottle of oil right there. And I began to sort of be more bold. And as my years passed and I got older, God told me to throw water on people. I I really didn't know where that came from. (laughs) But I began to pour water. And now that I've read Leviticus, I understand that the consecration of the priest began with him taking a bath on the laven outside. There were lavers, large circles, of water containing water, 11 or 12 of them outside of the brazen altar, and water is a critical part of cleaning and righteousness and holiness before God. And when Ezekiel saw the people coming out of Babylon into Jerusalem after the 70 years of captivity, he began to throw water on them, that God will throw water and cleanse you from all that filthiness you you are exposed in being a slave for 70 years. You know, it's difficult to be a slave for 400 years, and then again for 70 years. And God, and in other words, if you are a slave today, talk to me. I'll, I'll set you free with water. Okay? Now, Hebrews 6.5. Hebrews 6.5. Let's take a look at that. Hebrews 6. Am I getting with you? Are, we, are you with me today? Are you hearing me? Alright, now six five. We have tasted the good word of God in the powers of the world to come. We have tasted the good. In other words, oh here it is I it's in here. Early Christians in the book of Acts saw them as expressions of sovereignty of the one who had gone to sit with God's right hand. They thought that sovereignty, power, as Jesus began to heal and deliver and set the captives free in the miracles, the signs and the wonders. That is confirmation of His sovereignty, of His power. Now, I'm a child of God. He baptized me with the Holy Spirit. The power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. The problem is not how God did it. It's what I do with it. Because God did it, but I have, I'm a pleaser of men. I don't want to preach a word so heavy like this. Listen. There's not enough milk in the world to feed the lost and to feed the hungry. But when you give them solid meat and begin to disciple them, this ministry is of solid food. You know, my neighbor yesterday in my condominium where I live now uh, invited me for supper. Her husband John was there and about three or four of the ladies who live in the area, my neighbors. And... uh so I was thinking that the supper would be a little a little salad with a little, you know, strawberries in it, okay, and uh, a, a little bit of uh, oil on it, you know, and uh, a, a little bit of uh, fruit on it and whatever. And that would be us, you know. <laughs> Matter of fact, I prepared supper to eat and then went to their supper. <laughs> oh, what a surprise when I got there. I had red meat. I had salad, potatoes. I had a vegetable. And I had bread, and I had butter, and there was something else I had. I'm going to eat lunch today, because they gave me a plate. uh, (laughs) Oh, I tell you, thank God it wasn't a nice salad. I'm tired of milk. I want the Word of God in my life. The Lord bless you. I hope you stay with us, uh, this whole week in Jesus name amen will you this valley cresce em beleza for sei